Yo, I ain't superstitious, but this podcast is nice. It's the Going Out Podcast <laughs> with Rav Gritty and Muse. Muse, how you doing, bro? I'm doing A-OK, my dude. Uh, we got two albums that we're going to be talking about this week requested to us by you fine folks in the interwebs. And if you are sitting there in your chair and wondering, hey, how can I request an album to be reviewed on the show? Head on over to Kofi, that's K-O-F-I dot com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. And for a one-time $50 uh, donation or pledge, whatever the verbiage, you can request an album to be reviewed on the show. Thank you, Wrist of Kings, for uh, suggesting Cannibal Ox's The Cold Vein, an album I had actually never listened to before. Wow. Uh, I know that's sending a shockwave through the uh, th- through the crowd, um, but it was just like, my only relation to Cannibal Ox, because it's like, you know, Def Jux and that whole, like, you know, all them goddamn boys, like, my only real relation to them specifically, though, was the uh, fucking Tony Hawk soundtrack where that song was on there. And I remember it just being like, you know, like, I didn't know who Cannibal Ox was when I was a lot younger, you know, and this album came out like 2001. And I remember like, you know, um, I, I was the one who, you know, always liked, you know, just hearing the hip hop soundtrack songs on the uh, Tony Hawk game. So I would turn all the other songs off and I'd be like, I don't know who these guys are, but it sounds really weird every time they come up. So I'll keep theirs on, you know, like that was my only relation to them. And it was the song Iron Galaxy and the one with the really weird fucking sample at the beginning oh. and you hear the in the in the fucking uh, wall of voodoo's Mexican radio fucking yeah. song playing on there like what in the world is this fucking group you know like I was always so just like fascinated with just like this song but it was like I never like it was always the sort of like these guys sound really weird, but I feel like if I listened to more of them, the 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 mystique of what they're doing would sort of like you know get a little old. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's one of those, like it just feels like this is a cool idea, but I'm not sure I want to venture down this road because this seems way too weird for me. <laughs> but um, I also uh, came across him, uh, Vast Air, on um, the Wu Tang. Um, uh, it's in 2007 or 8 or something like that. They did a uh, Wu-Tang Think Differently. Oh, yeah, with the Apple cover. Yeah, with, where they collabed with a bunch of other... Uh, I remember shit. that shit, yeah. And, and Vast Air was all there, because I remember, like, his oh. voice is just so... Like, his name is Vast Air, and he sounds like Air just going around like, I'm Vast Air! <laughs> you know, the way he just introduces himself. He goes like, I'm pointing at the moon, and you're looking at my face finger like the way his like voice just like flows against the rhyme but in this weird like uh, against the beat but in this weird like you know intentional way you know what I mean <laughs> it was always just sort of like this is really weird but like I feel like it would be too weird for some reason but man going into this album I am glad I no 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 I'm I'm not gonna I, I really wish I would have fought that instinct to be like oh you know uh just cause I listen to Underground doesn't mean I'm just gonna listen to any old weird thing you know what I mean like th- there's that little bit of uh you know trying not to be uh I don't know I'm trying to figure out how to fucking say this right <laughs> like just sort of like that's weird and I like MF Doom too but like sometimes underground stuff is just kind of like you know it could be a little too super lyrical miracle something that, you know what I mean you're a bit old fashioned at the time 
that's all. Exactly. Not a problem with that. Being a late bloomer with with uh, hip hop and rap music, uh, it took me a little longer to get into. And my main introduction was um, like looking up on blog spots and just downloading all these albums pretty much like uh th- that's how i listened to a lot of older like old school stuff and some underground shit and some of it stuck uh some of it didn't didn't take as well did you ever listen to mf doom at the time uh i got into him later actually uh, see, it took me a little why, longer for it for him the reason why someone like him like stuck with me is because they're well i mean i was younger at the time so you know mm. swim and all that sort of shit but oh, just like yeah. of how weird and cartoonistic his stuff sort of was you know what i mean yeah like he would sample the uh, uh you know old fantastic four tv show and shit <laughs> like that is just like that was just like cool like what you can just do that oh that's awesome i want to listen to this guy you know because he makes all these weird references but he's so in- intensely like lyrical with what he's doing you know i think i might have had the same attitude you did about like not really wanting to listen to too weird of stuff or I was just looking kind of like for uh, familiar names. One example that stuck uh, from that time was Aesop Rock, who oh, yes. of kind course. of ran in the same circles as uh, <laughs> as these folks. And I did listen to the Cold Vein back in the day, but I, I just kind of it didn't stick with me to the modern day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. So I've listened to it before. But when you told me that that was on the requests, I was at least a little familiar with it. So I was excited to revisit it after all this time. And uh, being produced by uh, LP of Running LP. Jewels. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> as I was listening to it. <laughs> There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of really cool shit going on here. A lot of talent bursting at the seams, if you will. <laughs> and it kind of has a, uh, a history of being like one of those, because when I listened to it, it was like 2009, 2010. I didn't even realize it was almost a decade old at that time. Yeah, that- dude, when I saw 2001, I was like, whoa this is even more like it it feels so much more honestly ahead of its time my critique is actually the opposite i i went away from this uh listen through uh thinking it felt a little dated like i don't think it um mainly the production and i hate to i hate to dog on the production because it's fucking lp and it feels like sacred ground whatever just some of the beats on here are just kind of like yeah just kind of forgettable i actually think the opposite i think a lot of these beats were like really creative and so weird with little things they did that accentuated uh what was happening in the raps like when the drums would be like this weird sort of like oddly offbeat thing that would almost feel like it was like about to slow down to another beat but it just like was just off and keeping the time with it it was just like little weird things that it kept doing Hmm. that would just be like huh, that's that's way more challenging for 2001 than I was expecting, you know what I mean? It might be a different lens I was looking looking at it through also. I think also, like, it definitely does sound a little produced on the, on, on the cheaper side. But like, oh, it, sure. It, it, yeah. But it feels like one of those, it was very creative with what they were doing in a way that I didn't hear a lot of other people doing, especially in the mainstream at the time. But, like, even for more underground cats, like, this is really fucking cool. And also, like, I didn't realize how they were also going for the sort of, uh, you know, this is sort of, like, Afro-futuristic in a way, you know what I mean? 
with uh, some of the lyricism that just like borders on these like weird sci-fi ghetto sort of like mashup, you know, lyrical uh, 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 descriptions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really fucking cool, and I just wasn't expecting it. Like, I am a big fan of Deltron Thirty Thirty. Sure. And, like. You know, uh, if Deltron Thirty Thirty is like 1984, this is like the the Brazil. You know what I mean? Oh, Where it's like it's even dirtier, it's grimier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but like it has its own specific charm to it. You know. Mm-hmm. My favorite tracks on this thing, if you picture someone with a speed bag. Um, just kind of fucking um, a B-Boys Alpha Raspberry Field straight out of the DIC and Vane I think those and Real Earth also a little bit later were in my opinion the strongest uh, cuts on the record my least favorite one if you don't mind me skipping ahead the F word that one I didn't dig at first but i kind of like started to appreciate what they were doing as i listened to it the second time just looking at the title you don't really know like obviously your mind is gonna go to like fuck and then the other one the little surprise of oh it actually is friend and even looking past the the non-existent dated <laughs> concept of a friend zone is kind of cringy. <laughs> just the song itself, I thought, was just one of the weaker cuts. Th- there were awkward, there were definitely awkward parts. Like, one part where he says, like, what is it? I told my man I started sword fighting because Finson was similar to tongue kissing. If you wait too long, you're going to end up confessing. What what is he talking about? I didn't know what that meant. That thing stuck out in my mind, though. I remember that shit. I was like, "Huh? All right, whatever." But it was like in a, like I remember like the end of the song. Uh, there was something like the sample and just like one of the lyrics that they said that like ended with the chorus that sort of made me sort of get like, but I understand the awkwardness that they are going through, right? Like there's still an emotional core there, even if it's not being expressed very well. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, you know, this is a guy in 2001, you know, guys still were trying to deal with the feelings. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do got to give him that. I got to give him the credit that they're even showing any vulnerability for 2001. I remember uh, uh, Ridiculoid was, uh, that was where LP comes in, and like, I love his, uh, my life's not right, check one. (laughs) I love that. When I saw he was producing it, I was like, oh, okay, dope. When I realized he was actually showing up on the thing, that was that was a surprise because I completely forgot about that shit. Because, I mean, <laughs> me listening to this in 2009, 2010, I didn't know who LP right, right. was. But now it's like when you fucking... It's like going back and watching those old those older movies or whatever about an actor that blew the fuck up. You're, you're like, dude, I can see the fucking promise and the right. talent like here way back when. That's dope. The only awkwardness is, like, again, since it's, like, it feels specifically on this song where, uh, like, his voice, his verse just sounds badly recorded slightly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, just the mixing is awkward, you know what I mean? Where he's just, like, slightly too back in the mix. So it's like, yeah, he's been, like, super lyrical with the words and describing it, but I'm like, what, 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 what did he say? You know? Mm-hmm. Where it just sort of becomes, I sound like logic when I'm just rapidly bappity bappity you know? Uh, we'll fucking get to sounds like logic. <laughs> oh, come on. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I oh, stay oh, in court. That's fine. I, I, I want to I wanna go over to my uh, to some of my favorite tracks from this album, though. Fucking uh, 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 Goddamn Battle for Asgard. Jesus Christ, that one was fucking epic. <laughs> Where he's like fucking cape flowing, still standing with two cannons. One, three, two, got me vanished. Ninja in the night with the phantoms. Like fucking uh, uh, Verdul, Verdul Mega. I think he's like... Like, uh, it, it, when I heard Iron Galaxy, again, like, Vast Air was the dude who caught my ear, because he's just, like, the way his flow was just, like, working over the track in this really weird ways. But, uh, I remember him being the sort of, like, he's just the, the super lyrical, you know, inspected deck type cat. He's just like, I'm here to just hit you with these multis. I, I, I'm not trying to do this, like, flow, I'm just trying to hit you with these lyrics. And I remember at first, like, I didn't appreciate that as much as, like, the weird flow sounding guy, you know? But, like, over time, I've just been, like, really listening to what he was doing to really paint like the the scene for the verse and it's just like holy shit this is really fucking cool and epic as shit you know so it's like you know i, I really appreciating uh, w- what he's bringing to the table as well you know um i was excited to see our boy fucking c ray on that track because that oh my that God. was another dude that i'd listened to you know just kind of starting out my only problem with the song for like you had said how epic the whole thing is i thought it just kind of kind of came off a l- little messy just like a little unorganized. Uh, well, the thing about this is, like, this whole album is so weird and offbeat and messy. Like, yeah. And at first, I remember feeling like, in general, like not being able to enjoy it. But like, as like again, as I listened to it the second time, there was that sort of like, oh, is that part of what? Like, they're doing this on purpose. You know what I mean? That's sort of like, we know that we only have so many limitations. But it, you know what it is? It kind of reminds me of, like, horror movies from, like, this, the, you know, the 60s or whatever. Where it's like, yeah, you know it's a cheap-looking movie, but we're, we're going to do something with the fact that it looks really cheap. We're going to use the fact that we don't have lots of lighting, you know, for the horror effect. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of thing. Where Like, I sort of started to appreciate, like, the weirdness of how it sounds. Like, here's this future, but it sounds really dank and broken. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think it can be a, a breaking point for a lot of people, though, because it is a hard listen because of that. One of my favorite aspects of it is just how, like, I guess to to a point where it's a theme, just how New York centric yes. this album is. And, you know, like, I, I, th- I feel like we listen to so many albums that are like from from British rappers and they really give you a sense of like we're going to be doing a lot of critiquing of a lot of stuff going around uh going around here but then when you listen to like some of the uh like New York rappers or whatever especially New York because i because i feel like we listen to Denzel you you, you kind of get oh, yeah. a picture That's about Florida, Florida. Yeah, yeah. same with uh same with Anderson Pack uh, they really give you a glimpse and they tell you a lot about the area. New York just kind of feels like everyone kind of knows what the fucking deal is. And also, like, it's hip-hop. Like, come on, bitch, you know what New York is if you're listening to this shit. You know, like... <laughs> so I think people just don't even think to take the time to do it. Yeah. So the fact that fucking Rudy Giuliani gets criticized on this fucking thing and all this was like... No, you're so right. This is a very New York's flavored album. Like, I'm thinking about it now. Like, this is really like the sort of a uh, 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 great because um, you know how people talk about hip hop being representative in the East Coast mainly in the early and uh, late '80s. You know what I'm saying? And then it switched over in the night. But this is like a really cool, like you know, early uh, turn of the century New York flavored album that really like 
respects and shows you that world while still taking you to this other really fucking weird world that they have inside of their heads, which is like just a modified uh, uh, version of that New York City. Uh, I love their fucking joint, uh, Vane, which describes New York City like a maze and, you know, uh, what is it, like, uh, comparing it to veins in your body, you know what I mean? Like, that was such a fucking cool thing, you know? That was one of the cuts on the album that really gave me uh, Ghostface vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Wu-Tang Clan is all over this fucking album, but in the best way well, Dude, yeah absolutely no problems so, you know how actually that actually really uh 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 sums up how i feel so you know how i always talk about like later period like wu-tang clan albums and people who are inspired by the wu-tang clan who rap in the 2000s you know they gotta get into the real hip-hop supposed to sound like dusty you know drum loops and all this sort of stuff and it's just like and you know that has its place and stuff but it's just like you know it gets kind of monotonous after a while when you're just kind of doing the same thing and what i love about this is that like it feels like it's still respecting that sound while still transforming it into this weird new thing that I feel like Wu-Tang Clan did at first, but kind of got stuck in its own mold when you listen to their production over time. Like, the first album is something you've never heard before. What? We're gonna frame hip-hop music in terms of, like, you know, fucking martial arts? That's fucking cool, you know? But, you know, I I feel like as things kind of go on, it's sort of like, okay, we understand that we're supposed to be lyrical, but we're not capturing the the fun and imagination of what these movies inspired us to want to do instead it's just the sort of like it becomes a a limiting genre space instead of something that you can do something interesting and new with and i feel like that's where um cannibal ox they they take the same sort of flows and like you know just general new york feel that wu-tang clan has because a lot of i hear in this is like fucking masticilla you know the way they do these unconventional raps where it's just like just like bars don't uh, rhyme on the same time that you're expecting them to rhyme and they're playing with that all the fucking time and uh or things where they'll like rhyme words with like like two long words but they don't have like similar syllable structure until like the very end you know what i mean but which makes it sound really weird and adjacent but it's like in a way where you can like tell they're kind of doing it on purpose it's weird because it becomes sort of part of the aesthetic of these like you know um um irregular rhyme schemes you know what i mean i hear how they're taking these inspiration from like you know the wu-tang clan and like but making it their own thing in a way that i think is fucking fascinating and i'm like so like I, I, on one hand, I wish I would have heard this before, but on the other hand, I do love this pop of like, holy shit, this is like Wu-Tang sci-fi, this is awesome, like, I love discovering this, you know what I mean? I got a line from Real Earth, a track where I thought the beat was definitely one of the better ones on the album. Those fucking bananas. <laughs> um, th- this ain't a space race, so why you rushing to be the first to catch a concussion from LP's percussion? It's like, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> um, my only complaint was there's like an ending part of that track where they're like one dimensional MCs, and it's like that goes on for like so long. Okay, so like when, when it first started doing that, like at, at the very beginning of the, of the track. Doesn't he, like, immediately subvert it? He's like, you know, you hear the fucking guru sample, one-dimensional MC, he's like, yeah, all the rappers in the place to be, and all that other garbage. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? Oh, oh. oh okay. <laughs> and that, that's why I was like, I, I thought it was kind of, that was one of those moments of like, this is 2001, not too removed from the, you know. Uh, that's true. The lyrical dominance in the mainstream of like these sort of rappers making songs like this. You know what I mean? Like songs about battle raps used to be a lot more popular, you know, and like that was the aesthetic. So like in 2001 to be like, oh yeah, fucking battle raps. You guys still doing that normal shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm rapping about fucking killing you in space, bitch. <laughs> One song that I, uh, that I uh, you know, didn't enjoy as much purely because of the chorus. Songs on this album really do live and die off of the vibe they give you, right? So if you're, you know, it may sound weird and half, like, broken and all this sort of stuff, but if you can feel, like, the, the, the jagged lyrics as they're coming at you, you can enjoy the experience, right? But uh, number six, straight off the D.I.C., and, you know, when I first heard it, I thought they were just going to say straight off the D.I.C. Because they're going like, yo, straight off the dome with this. And, that. and then they get to the hook, they're like, yeah, we're spitting this straight off the dick. And it's just like, mm. <laughs> like, there's something about them saying like, yeah, this is coming straight off the dick. It's just kind of like, is, this a, is it a sex joke? No, it's not. No, you guys are trying to be like hardcore lyrical. but And I'm just having this fucking, you know, Beavis and Butthead laugh every time they fucking say, yeah, oh, hardcore rap straight off the dick. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it just, I just couldn't enjoy it because they kept saying it specifically as if they didn't know that that's what that sounded like. When I saw DIC, I thought digging in crates. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, what? No? Then what the, then what the fuck then? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're saying straight off the dick as like a replacement for straight off the dome, but it's not spelt like that, and you don't give any indication of what it stands for. Then what exactly. the f- why are you saying that then? Oh yeah, and this is the song that I feel like has like, sounds the most like it was recorded on a subway. Because <laughs> like the sound of it is just, but again, this is like, it's, you either accept that aesthetic or it just sounds cheap, you know what I mean? To give you an example of how to take this album, there's a song called Raspberry Fields, which I feel takes the most inspiration from uh, uh, ODB and you'll, uh, and you'll see as I describe it. The samples, the flesh, and the beast, the skeleton, you get beef, you got beef, but there's worms in your Wellington. I'll put a hole in your skull and extract your skeleton. Oh my god, I said a word twice. Wait, yo, vast air and place is nice. And it sounds like he like messed up and then he like gets back into the rhythm of it again and then starts the verse over. Like, yo, the samples, the flesh and the beast, the skeleton. But then he changes the word and he goes like, I'll put a hole in your, uh, in your skull and extract the gelatin. And then, and then continues the verse and it's like this sort of like, what the fuck just happened? Like, did, what, was it supposed to be okay that he did that? Was that part of it? Or what the fuck? You know? Keep it going, keep it going. Yeah, exactly. He's on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, look, it fucking works. All right, let's just go with it. <laughs> and, 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 and as that's happening, like, the beat sounds like it's, like, starting and stopping around them. So, like, you're just not sure what is on purpose and what's not. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like the song's being constructed as it's going along, you know? It's one of those things where it's just like this one is like, it either makes or breaks the experience for you. Like, this either just sounds too weird or it's just like, what the fuck? Okay, I've never heard a song go like this before. Okay, let's fucking go. A B-Boy's Alpha. The very first lyric. My mother said, you sucked my pussy when you came out. Don't ever talk back. I handed you life and I'll snatch it back. I really liked that that track. That line is fucked, dude. I'm like, I'm like, ah, I, and the verse just keeps going. And I'm like, I, dude, okay, you said some really cool lyrical stuff after that, but I'm still not over it. What? <laughs> I'm still sitting in the back of the room with my hand up, like, excuse me. Why'd you me? do it? 
Why did you put that image in my head? Where you hear those piano, like, just the piano notes just dripping in the background against this fucking, you know, echoing guitar and droning organ. And you hear, uh, uh, what I, I fucking knew what it was. Um, but at first you hear it, it just sounds creepy. You'll hear just like, someday you'll find me. And I was like, what? The oh, fuck? yeah. And then I was like, it's like, is that, is that Kermit? With the fucking, <laughs> the rainbow connection. I looked it up. Yes, it was. But it's like, it so worked perfectly with the weirdness of this track that it was just like, I think this is fucking genius, bro. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the use of that one. I thought it sounded a bit corny, but, but it, yeah. It's just like, it, it was so weird, but it's just like, it just fit it in such a strange way, you know? Like, with, with the bigger aesthetic of this album being so weird, you know? It's like the weirdness just piles onto you in a way that, like, you either are like, I can't fucking take this, I have to stop, or you're like, where the fuck is this gonna go next, you know? Some tracks, I think, end up feeling a little bloated, like there's just like like the bars are just too crammed. Like there's there's one track in particular where again LP like I thought he was doing fine, but then on Ridicloid, like I thought everyone was doing great. I thought the beat was really cool. I thought the solid verses, but then it just felt like LP was forcing too much into his fucking bars. Yes, yeah, oh, like, yes, yes. That does happen sometimes where yeah. it's like. The over-rhyming, uh, especially on uh, uh, Vordual Mega's part. Um, Vast Air doesn't as much just because it's so... It, his flow is just elongated. <laughs> so yeah, it's just in general, this field has that general weird sound. But, like, Vordual Mega is where the sort of aesthetic falls apart because it's just lyrical stuff. And, like, he can be, yeah, overstuffing the the, the, the bar. Overall, I came up with a 3.5. How about you? Uh, I actually gave it a, a glittering 5 out of 5, bro. Ooh, wow, okay. Uh, especially when I got to... I really enjoyed... Uh, Pigeon and Scream Phoenix, especially the way it tied those together, where it was kind of like, you know, the just the, oh yeah, the way that first one, uh, Pigeon started, where you hear it sounds like the soaring war music, you know, and then you just hear Vast Air go, metallic winged pigeon, and you're just <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, there were just so many weird moments that just felt so specific to this type of album that was just like, I, I'm not gonna have this type of experience elsewhere, and it's like I understand, you know, the criticisms, you know, that that you got for it, but it's just like, man, this is really like quite a fucking unique experience of an album, you know. Like, I would really suggest people listen to it, you know. The next album we're talking about is a bit more recent. It is Searching Sylvan by Sylvan Lequeux or Quest, depending on. As I uh, did not know him by. Yeah. Uh, like, this album really presumes you know who he is. <laughs> requested by Trey Rabandi. Thank you very much for your request. Uh, this album assumes a lot. Because it wasn't until, like, track 13 when I was like, oh, he's been rapping about something very specific this whole time. <laughs> I won a contest. And Jermaine oh. Dupree gave me $11,000. Like, it was like a very specific event that is, you know, that, that is basically the background for all of this album. You know what I mean? Yeah, what you've got, and it's trying, kinda, to do a good kid Mad City situation. <laughs> G- give you that vibe of... But, oh boy, does he need a better actress to play his mom. The background story is... Quest is, uh, he's an up-and-comer. He won a contest to be on uh, Jermaine Dupri's label, 
Uh, apparently the label folded, like, really soon after, so then he was, like, kind of back where he started. And that's not really that interesting of a story, but man, the album doesn't try to make it an interesting story at all. Like, it really wrings all of that out of it, like, as much emotionality as you can get out of it. And, like, as I heard the later tracks, I was like, wow, these would have sounded cool first. You know what I mean? To hear, like, the more emotionality in them. But by this point, I've heard you talk about this specific thing so many times. It's like, okay, did anything else happen to you? For three songs, the drama was, is this guy gonna take the pork chops out of the fridge or not? Because I could have swear his mom asked him, like, two songs ago. And at no point did he say... That he took the pork chops out of the fridge. Oh my god, I think he forgot. Oh my god, his mom's gonna be so mad. But then the she's drama. not really, because she's a shitty actress. And, oh my god, it's so bad. It's fucking Chance the Rapper's uh, uh, <laughs> big day album bad. Like, did you just see these lines for the first time or something? Little girl, did those boys leave you all alone to play with your dolls by yourself? It's almost like, it's almost like, is this supposed to be like a BET drama, like, you know, made for TV movie thing? Is like, is that the aesthetic you're going for? It's Tyler Perry making a movie for BET. <laughs> Dude, I was going to ask you actually yesterday, uh, yesterday, last week, uh, because everyone remembers that Fantano uh, infamously gave the big day a zero. Oh, uh, but actually gave uh, Jesus is King a higher rating than that. Did not give it a zero. I think he might have given it like a four or something. Uh, In what galaxy is Jesus is King a better album than The Big Day? Okay, let me throw this at you. Okay. It does not include badly acted skits. It does have that, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I I mean, I disagree because I have my, uh, you know, I, I have my criteria, Ugh. but those fucking skits, man, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Chance? There were no skits. The Kanye album was like a third the length yeah, or something like that. like, BT Dubs, I'm a Christian and I'm still kind of an asshole, but nah, that's about 27 minutes and you're done. Oh, Chance the Rapper, oh, this is the fucking uh, hour-long pilot for his goddamn TV show. <laughs> Man, fuck. I didn't even but, think about it like that, but shit. Maybe Fantana <laughs> was onto something. Damn it. <laughs> but let's get back into your boy, uh, uh, oh, Quest, Sylvan. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. Um, so, okay, hold on. Hold on. Because I'm not going to all the way hate on you, boy, right? I'm not either. Man, this album was just fucking boring. So, you know, I, again, I heard the first track, and hearing it the first time going through, like it was like I liked the first tracks more because... They were giving me the information, but as I was listening to it the second time, like, the, the later tracks actually have more to them. There's the idea that he it went into this contest, got $11,000, which is not that much. I mean, no. you know what I mean? Like, it was to just make like, an I mean, album? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like what? Look, dude, I can understand. They kind of undersold you, bro. Like, <laughs> you need to be so down on yourself. And then doesn't he bring up that he, like, also failed two other times or something like that where he's just like... Okay, dude, what's going on? He says, fuck Jumaine Dupree. 
as if Jermaine Dupri wanted his record label to go under. Like, I don't think he was out to fuck you, dude. Like, that just happened. Yeah, with this guy, it's like, I don't know, man. It feels like a victim of a circumstance, and maybe things are, And you know what it is? Actually, this is what it is. Okay, so, so much of the album is like, God damn it, I fucked up my shot, and I really want to do it again, and I'm the struggle rapper. Ooh, I'm so bad. And, like, it really does feel like he got a case of, like, you know internet brain and was just kind of like probably just looking at people like dissing him for not having a big album or whatever because he brings up people like constantly like I didn't sell as much as Chance the Rapper and uh, I didn't do as well as J. Cole and Kendrick and it's just like hey man but see you know on one hand I want to be like I love the I I do appreciate the emotional vulnerability that he gives to this album right like I want to give that points but it's just like you have to be here for him and that personality that he is is not as much to forgive the woe is me that persists on one particular topic. And I bring that up specifically because at the end of the album, he actually does get the record deal, apparently, and everything goes well. So, like, there's one song in particular that I did like where it's like he's talking about, like, oh, man, you know, I I hate that I keep having to deal with this and, you know, I'm dealing with all this shit where I, like, you know, looking at myself as a failure and all this sort of stuff and ah! And then at the end of the song, he's like, hey, uh, we'd like to sign you for the record company. Please call us back. And then there's just, like, a minute and a half sort of you hear, like, these fireworks going off in the background. And it just felt to me like they kind of needed to have that in place of, like, him just sitting there going, like, you know, he's just, like, destroyed half of his room. He's like, I can't fucking take it anymore! No one will ever appreciate my fucking talent! I hate the fucking world and I'm gonna kill every fucking person in the industry! Starting with, you know, Geffen Records! And then fucking Geffen Records calls him back and be like, Hey, uh, we love your demo, I want to pick you up. And he's just like, Ahem. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Success, man, you know? Seeing that there was a track or maybe more, I just saw that there was at least one uh, produced by Logic. I got big oh. time Logic feels. Absolutely. I didn't know it was produced by Logic. There have been a few albums we've listened to before that have the, the song about, you know, struggling to make it or, mm. you know, the road to the top. They're yeah. usually not my favorite cut because they're usually very woe is me. Mm-hmm. I never again want to hear a whole fucking album of that. Like, yeah, come on, <laughs> dude. That's exa- you hit the nail on the head. Where it's like, how many songs can you tell me that you're str- like? Good, I I know, bro. We all are, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't want to work a normal nine to five. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I I've gathered that you've said that in like five songs now. <laughs> Got it. He's going to make it out alive, and maybe he should, and, uh... Oh, uh, you know. can, can I point out... Okay, so... I said how this album was boring as fuck, right? Um, there's a line, particularly in Automatic, that I actually thought was one of the better cuts on the album. Oh, yeah, uh, especially... He does the thing where he does the third act switch-up, uh, you know, yeah. that, that seemed to be popular at the time, but it's like, it, it only, like minimally like affects the song overall like you know what i mean it's not like this drastic change like kendrick does with his songs you know there is one part of this song that that i gotta bring up he says uh humble ass mumble in the jungle signed a record deal and still got a job i'd be working hard harder than a mexican (laughs) and then then i don't even think he rhymes with mexican but then 
he ends that part by saying, um, I, I say it so the ignorant can hear me. Do I yeah, got yeah. your attention? Well, let me rock it. I was like, did, did you throw out the harder than a Mexican thing to make sure I was paying attention? No, no. So he, he, because he, 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 that was what yeah. I, that, that's what I took away from that was that <laughs> you threw out something kind of iffy because you knew by this point I'd be checking out, but you said something to keep me on my toes and check and see if I was still there. Yeah, he was trying to go for the Lauren Hill, you know. I had a motherfucker, so you ignorant niggas here, you know. <laughs> this album has its example of the. The rainbow connection and when i say that it's the it's the odd sample that makes you go wait what's that oh why is this here and for this album it's on automatic again um there's a last verse and it's separated from the rest of the track by this small lull it's a sample from a twisted sister music video for i wanna rock What's your name? Who are you? What do you want to do with your life? But in the fucking... But in the music video, it's, I want to rock! Rock! So I was just... So in this, it was just like, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, why are you reminding me of this silly-ass hair metal music video in the middle of this, man, it isn't going to be automatic, I'm going to have to make it happen. Like... Why would you remind me of that shit in this song? So there was another uh, example of, uh, uh, you know, uh, over- sampling something a little too cool for, uh, you know, what's going on. Uh, f- fucking Prone to Sin. The fucking song's called Prone to Sin. You know, you hear these fucking awesome-ass sample from uh, uh, Tupac. You know, we're talking about the We Hungry, Please Listen. Oh, yeah. And then talking about, like, but eventually we're going to be talking about, like, we're picking the lock, we're coming through the door, blasting! And... That's not really what this song ends up being about. There's a sample at the end, right? Where you're hearing this guy like, You are lost, nigga! And, you know, you need to find a way! And it's like, all this intensity! And again, it's not matched by what's happening, like, lyrically, or even, like, you know, even beat-wise, like, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like, I'm not gonna lie, the beat work in this album, I really do like. But it's a little chilled out for what some of the songs are about, you know, which kind of adds to the monotony in a way, you know? And, and his rapping can be a little, a little rippity-rappity sometimes, where it comes up as like, okay, you're not hitting me with the punchline, though. You're not hitting me with something that's really tight, though. And so it just feels like, it, you know what I mean? That sort of, yeah. that sort of, you know, logic subgenre of rapping, mm-hmm. you know? You go into this next song, and I think it was like, there was one song where almost sounded like something was gonna happen but it kind of didn't where it's just like oh my god you know he's rapping about you know uh hey man sometimes people just get killed and it just happens in the city and he's talking about like how this guy is gonna like pull up on someone and something's gonna happen and then the end of the song it's just like this guy's like hey man i'll be right back he's like all right man yeah peace out just hurry up yeah and he's just like but they're talking all like it's cool and he's like cocking his gun and everything but it's just like there's no sense of urgency that i felt to the song so it's like when it goes the next song which is like oh man you know we gotta stop all this you know uh bad stuff that's going on it's just kind of like oh, oh really oh it sounded like you were just like going into the store real quick and you just like you know wanted to make sure your gun was tucked or some shit like it didn't sound like he was about to like go bust some heads you know what I mean? it sounded like the fucking part on that eminem album when he like walks up to the club all angry oh yeah and with his gun out <laughs> that little skit it reminded me of that it sounded like it i was like oh where is he going with this and then just nothing yeah, it just kind of doesn't do anything. <laughs> and 
And he's like, oh, okay. There's two general gripes I have with the album. One, and I know people have heard me say this before, but on this album especially, the songs are too damn long. <laughs> okay, okay, let me say this. They're like five plus minutes each. Stop. Straight up and down. There were multiple times where I was listening to these songs and I would get to the end of the second verse and be like, all right, time to evaluate the... Oh, there's a third... Uh, <laughs> like, it, it happened a lot on this album. Where almost just everyone like, oh. does it. Like, it just really feels like it should be the end of the song by now. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the other complaint is that I wrote down here, he's on some Jinzo the Trap Lord shit. His fucking Kill Bill. Uh, I'm going to pitch shift my voice down every so Oh, long. yeah, he had a little moment of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's not even a diss to Bill. When Bill does it, I like it. On this album, it was annoying. Well, because it was just to accentuate the, oh, uh, yeah. Like, the first time it was cool, and then it bleeds into the next track where you're like, okay, I already heard you do that. That's not interesting anymore, you know? I enjoyed the ride. The ride was good. Because that song is specifically about, like, I overthink things, and I'm thinking too much, and I need to stop doing that. I need to go for a ride, just enjoy myself. And then, of course, as the song progresses, you hear, you know, the thoughts that he's having start to creep back in, but he's like, no, no, ah, gotta focus on just chilling. And I think there's actually, like, a point where, um, oh yeah, he says, uh, Fucking in design, sex and my ambitions, the only thing in this world that uh, that I always seem to rely on. Fuck, I just made this whole vibe wrong. And, and then you just like, you just hear the sort of fr- frustration with him unable to like, just chill out. And then it immediately cuts to like his girlfriend saying, uh, it was like a sample from what she said earlier, where she's like, hey, try not to think too much on your way over here. Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, like, I like the moment like that where it's just like, that's really cool. Because it really gets you into, again, the emotion of the track, you know? Then you had Dreams. I loved the third verse on that one. That was the one where the, the third verse switch up actually was really cool. Where it was like, you know, the first two verses about him, you know, struggling and shit like that. And the third verse is like, oh, what if I didn't have to? And this is how easy life would be. And you hear, like, the beat in the background sounds real chilled out and jazzy. And you hear, you know, fucking bubbly pop and glasses clicking yeah. and all that sort of shit. I, I fucking enjoyed the shit out of that. So I'm not going to say that there were tracks that I didn't enjoy and add some cool stuff to them. But, like, it would be tracks, like, especially, like, a track like Hunger. Oh, another track where, like, the samples at the beginning, there's something where it's about, like, there's a hunger and it must destroy it. Like, the samples are on point. They sound incredible. But then when the actual lyrics kick in, it's just kind of like, you know what I mean? And I wasn't a big fan of the trap beats on this album. It just kind of felt like, yeah, okay. I, I liked it when they did more of the, the jazzy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there wasn't nearly enough of that. That always fucking pulled me in. My favorite cuts were Automatic, Biscayne Boulevard, The Ride, and I think that's it. Uh, I like The Ride. Um, I, I wrote down that Dreams was originally a four-star song, but then the third part came in. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't feeling it at first when it was the constantly overthinking. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then when it kicked into dreams, 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 and it got more upbeat, jazzy, and he was like talking about being married to a model and hanging with Jay-Z, it's like, oh, yeah, all my shit. But it's like, hey, like, weren't you just on a track? I just now realized this. Just on your last song. You were, like, in your car with your girl. You got a girl who's, like, looking out for you and seems like she really cares. 
And then you cut to the next track. Yeah, of course I'm married to a model. Like, fuck that bitch from the <laughs> very last song. What I thought you were going to talk about, specifically the fact that, okay, the song The Ride, because I just thought about this, uh, the song The Ride is about how, like, yeah, you should stop thinking too much and you should chill out. And the next song is C.O.T., which you just reminded me is constantly overthinking. Constantly like, overthinking. The exact same, like, like you already did this song, you know? Try not to think too much, like, Man, I tried, but... <laughs> yeah, and you know what it is? It's like, that, that's what I feel like. Maybe there's a bit of charm to this album and how, like, nakedly true it is to how yeah. what he's going through is. And, like, I think, you know, if you're into this guy, you can appreciate it for that. But it does feel a little like there there is a sort of, like, missing bit of perspective with it that makes it, you know, enjoyable for you outside of that specific bubble of his world, you know what I mean? It's not like you can't have, like, you know, songs that are about your life and stuff like that, but it's just, like, it's so encompassed, and he's so encompassed in, like, judging himself for not being big enough on all these sort of things that it feels like, like, instead of it being something that is descriptive of how the album, you know, works, it feels like something that is detrimental to how he's working as an artist, you know, because he ends up getting too in his head about certain songs, and it detracts from the overall album experience, because it's just like, Okay, come on, man. T talk about something else, or at least in a way that's going to bring me really into it. I gotta talk about this line in Struggle Rapper. I cried myself to sleep for three days straight. No homo. No homo? It's tw like, in I 2014? No homo? Unironically? <laughs> yeah. Was what? Because like, it's like, it wasn't said like a joke in any capacity. No. It it was just like, it was just like, I, I cried for three days straight. Not that that's something a man would do, no homo. You know, it was just kind of like, said like that. It was just like, what? I cried myself to sleep for three days straight. Pause. It is so much more indicative of what he thinks of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Than it is of like the culture at large. Because it's just like, that's not even something I would think of as directly gay. Only gay in the sense of for you to show any, uh, you know, sensitivity at all, you know? It's not like, oh, man, you know, I kissed my brother on the cheek. No homo. You know, like, that's stupid, but at least it makes sense. Which is like, I mean, I was uh, along with you for a second when you're talking about, I cried for three days straight. Oh, my God, man, this guy was really, like, feeling hurt. No homo, though. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know, like, as soon as he says that, it just, like, takes you out of the emotion, you know what I mean? I hate to say it, but he doesn't really come off as sympathetic on this album. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems like you've been through a lot, and you're telling me about your journey and your struggle. I don't really feel all that bad for you. And it's not just because of the little bits of, like, just, like, coming off as insensitive. I don't know, dude. You just don't really seem like a sympathetic character on this album that I should, like, worry about. He's not as compelling of a character. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. All she asked you to do were take the fucking pork chops out of the right. goddamn fridge, and you couldn't even do that. <laughs> what the fuck do I expect you to be able to do with a rap career, Quest? The point of listening to all these songs about, ooh, I wish I could make it, is that you're hearing all the struggles that he's doing, but it, the, as far as the whole narrative goes, he, like, this is the day he moved back in with his mom. And he's just been playing video games all day, and it's just like, okay. We couldn't even get a song about video games. Apparently, his shit was just about how, you know, he'd sold all his belongings and he was living out of a van. You know, that's a really simple narrative, but, like, I feel like when I listened to that album, I was, like, along for the ride, and I was experiencing different facets of his personality, you know? Even though it was a very limited scope and it was a very personal album, I felt like I was getting lots of parts of his life, even 
even, you know, more uh, cringeworthy parts like, you know, Pokemon, go fuck yourselves. But, you know, at least oh, it was something. Fuck. <laughs> like, we were oh. so annoyed with these kids coming out in the wild and playing, walking around, looking at their phones, playing Pokemon. You should be looking at the trees. <laughs> God, I wish you hadn't reminded me of Pokemon, go fuck yourself. Oh, that was but, bad. But you know, it, but you know, that was still a part of the personality that encompassed yeah. this person. That even if you don't like that song, because you like the personality of Pharaoh the Earthworm, you enjoyed the rest of the album. You know what I mean? I mentioned before the guests on the album. <laughs> oh, I just looked. At the <laughs> oh yeah, that came out of butt fucking nowhere. I was like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> you, ever, you ever just have that fucking Fantano? <sighs> I, I just seeing oh, come on. John Bellion. <laughs> no, he, he just has. Okay, here's my thing. He has that voice where it's like as soon as I heard it, it's just like stay your course, young man. You know the very like uh, light affected voice. And look, look, I get it, but I actually really enjoyed this track specifically because specifically specifically because he didn't rap because <laughs> I was I, you know what I think that was it I think I was expecting the rapping to happen and it didn't and I was like uh okay okay it was just a nice little oh okay he just did a nice little track for his friend okay 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 you know <laughs> that ended up being my lowest rated track on that oh, come on. <laughs> I mean it also doesn't help that it was towards the end and I was so fucking done with this that when that came up, I just wasn't fucking having it, dude. Like I did not care. I feel like I enjoyed this album a little bit more than you did. Like, or Maybe. I only want to be like, you know, like, oh, I enjoyed these tracks and I can feel it for what it's worth. And then the mom comes back in. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so awesome, too. Dude, I I think I might hate that sample now because of the Because <laughs> it's like every time, like it was the cue that the mother, yeah. the bad acting was coming back in. So it's just like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Son, why haven't you pulled out the pork chops? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And then at the end of the album, when, like, he comes back home, it should be like, Hey, having pork chops for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Full circle! <laughs> you know what's funny, actually? You know what we were saying about how, like, uh, the, uh, I'll get to the end of two verses, and I'll be like, Oh, wow, that's a full, complete song. And they'll be like, what, There's another verse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened with this al- the whole album as well, where as it gets to the end of J- the John Bellion song, you're like, oh, you know, that's really nice. You know, his friend wanted to do a little track for him. Okay, uh, that's cool. And then, this, then another song comes in, you're like, what? There's no, oh, uh, <laughs> all right. That kind of felt like the button in it at the end of it, but okay. <laughs> you're under the impression you like this a little bit more than I did. Uh, what, what score did you end up coming out with? I gave it a four. No. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the production a lot more than I was able to than I was uh, able to talk about. <laughs> I still ended up giving it a three. It's not the worst. It's just man, like I don't I don't care to listen to this again. I can't recommend it. It's dull. Uh, the beats are okay sometimes. He's got an okay flow, but man, like I just I just don't care really. And just this. The whole narrative, I'm over. Like, I'm done with the the, 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 the sad struggle of the rapper up and coming and all the hardships. <laughs> the vague, nondescript hardships. The, oh, my dad's in jail. I'm going to bring that up a few times. My mom, I guess I'm supposed to be getting the, that she's overbearing, but she doesn't come off as 
overbearing because Just she's underacted. She's <laughs> not really asking much at the end of the day, so I can't even feel you on that. Where it's just, hey, where are you going? Uh, I'm going out. I'll be back tonight. Like, no charisma. Doesn't sound like they were recorded at the same yeah. time. Sounded like she recorded all her lines separate and just emailed them over. You're, you're right. You're, and, I, and I hate to, uh, to compare, uh, you know, for, because uh, I'm pretty sure he, he'd hate to hear it. Uh, but, you know, compared it to the Kendrick album. Like, <laughs> Always ch- running away from that comparison. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Look, he, he, he brought this on himself. He, he knew... <laughs> He heard this woman's voice. He heard her talking on this album. He was like, oh, but I really do want to have the, the family skit album thing. Come on. <laughs> but like, you know, listening to the Kendrick album, like, hey, th- there was a van he needed to return so that his mom could get to the appointment. You know, there's at least a little bit of tension there. <laughs> you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> but with this is just kind of like, all right, you know, th- there's not a lot to it. You know what I mean? Not at all. No. But that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, if this happens to be the first time listening to our show, all of our old episodes are on Spotify. Follow us on our respective YouTube channels. We both got stuff going on. Uh, you with the requests and I got Riff Comms and Riff Break going over on the uh, YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, that's that's the page you're on. So if you're not subscribed already, maybe go ahead and take a second and do that. Exactly. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Definitely hit up that station head. You know, on RC Radio, we do a new music Thursdays, uh, every 7.30 on Thursdays. I got to get better at wording these. but (laughs) (laughs) They get it. (laughs) Yeah, 7.30 p.m. uh, EST. Uh, you know, say keep your eyes to the Instagram. That's usually when I'm dropping the 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 the, the, the times. You know, so you can stay abreast of uh, when the uh, you know uh, uh, broadcasts are occurring. As previously mentioned, uh, for requests, you got to hit us up on Kofi or Coffee. That's k o f i dot com slash going off g o i n o f f. One time fifty dollar pledge gets you in the queue. For an album review. And until next time, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. They used to call me Crazy Joe, had a bazooka, now they call me Batman, bitch. <laughs>